Welcome to another episode of Negative War, Positive Vibes. CJ Nikowski and Ryan Spielborgs. Lots to get to today. We are taping on a Friday morning, September 8th. Uh, a little less than 25 games for most teams remaining. And certainly a lot has changed here over the last couple of weeks. And Spilly, some really bad news coming out of Texas. The Rangers had just a brutal series against the Houston Astros where they had to absolutely wear it. Blown out in three straight games. The Houston Astros offense alive and well, but perhaps an even bigger loss for the Rangers in this one. Michael Brantley had hit a home run to right field, just barely got out, and Rangers uh, all-star right fielder Adolis Garcia thought he had a chance to rob it. He went high up on the wall, and when he came down, uh, he grabbed his knee. He came out of the game. The Rangers found out yesterday, which was an off day, that it is a patellar tendon injury for him. He is going to the IL. Uh, you could not guess get worse news right now. For the Rangers, Josh Young has been out uh, for a while. Jonah Heim, while back, looks like he's still trying to work through some of the things with his wrist. He is playing through pain right now and hasn't quite been the same since he came off the IL. And now to lose uh, Adolis Garcia in the middle of that lineup as well. The guy who's kind of in the middle of everything, uh, probably one of their most clutch hitters. Uh, he had a big walk-off home run uh, prior to the series against the Houston Astros. Did it against the Minnesota Twins, and it was a nice moment for the Rangers. But one in five. Over their last six, four and 15 over their last 19. Oh. It has been just a brutal struggle for a team that is now currently out of a postseason spot uh, back in the division, back in the wild card. They got some work to do, and now they lose a really big piece in Adolis Garcia. I mean, I, I don't want to pile on, but it's you guys have just I mean, and I say you guys because you're you've been there witnessing it. CJ, I don't know how it stops. I don't I don't. This is like the toothpaste is out of the out of the tube. I don't know how it stops and and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I mean, this will end up being a very disappointing season for Texas if if they don't find a way in and and that's unfortunate. I mean, we knew and we've said this because the American League is a better division. The American League has better teams overall. Now, it may not have the Atlanta Braves um, but but as a whole, I would take majority of the American League teams. I take I take America some American League teams over Milwaukee, over Chicago, uh, over the Dodgers, and and so in, when I'm looking at this American League West, the Astros are good. We know that Seattle Mariners are good. We know that uh, the Texas Rangers are good, but it's been the pitching, right? Like it's been starting pitching is uh, slowed down a little bit. Um, you'll never be able to keep the pace of the offense like that, like they were. I mean, even mm. Tampa has slowed down offensively. So um, you, you you try your best to keep that that pitching staff intact. And once it starts to crater, I've seen it. You've seen it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I went back and I, I mentioned to you back in 2010, the Rockies, we were 82 and 66. And then we lost 14 of the next 15 games. And uh, it was or 13 of the next 14 games. And what happened was, is, you know, we, we had some injuries. That was a year where it was probably one of our better Rockies teams. And we were basically in third the whole year, chasing, chasing, chasing. Go to Dodger Stadium on a Sunday, uh, mid-September. We're at Dodger Stadium. We're going for the sweep. We score a bunch of runs off Clayton Kershaw. We think we, you know, like this is a big deal. If we, t if we win this game, we're tied for the division. Uh, and then some way, somehow the Dodgers end up coming from behind. It was, it was a huge gut punch and, and our team never recovered. And, and part of the reason why was the back end of the bullpen kind of blew things up. And like, you understand it's, it's like, 
when certain aspects of your team loses confidence, you know, like not quite sure if you're going to be able to get these three outs. Um, there's kind of like a, like a feel about it, whether it's like a, like a lead off walk or it, it's just that, Oh no, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, it's yeah. like, I, and I wonder if some of that may, exists. It may, and, it, yeah. and it may be. And that's the thing, right? Like, you get through this this spot with this bullpen and the starting rotation and you get into that seventh inning and you know it's a leadoff walk and, and it's like position players are like oh man here we go again uh the pitcher on the mound's probably oh no here we go again manager bochi oh no here we go and you're not trying to do it like because you trust in your in your staff but it's natural it's na- it's a natural thing and, and when you've blown what what is the amount of blown saves over the course of the year there's been a conversion rate of like what 50 percent for the Rangers this season, which is near the bottom of baseball, the Rockies are down there with you. Um, it's just, I, I, I don't have an explanation on how to fix it. You kind of need a couple blowouts. You need a couple good runs. You need four or five guys in the bullpen to get hot at the same time. Uh, right now, how would you say, like being uh, objective, how many of the Rangers bullpen guys right now, you feel confident that you could throw in and get three outs? Uh, like there's a, a couple, but even the guys that have been good at, you know, for at least for a bulk of this year, there is all of a sudden that struggle and trying to get it figured out. The save percentage that you mentioned, 47.3% on the year, second lowest in baseball behind the White Sox at 47.1. Uh, you mentioned the Rockies struggling a little bit. They actually have the fourth worst rate um, at 49%. So, yeah, there. I mean, there's arms down there like Araldis Chapman, who was good in his last one, but it was in a blowout uh, situation. And it's not just the bullpen. The bullpen absolutely has worn um, the bulk of the criticism here lately. I mentioned 4-15 and 15 over the last 19, but the numbers for just about every facet of the game have not been good. During that time, they're hitting 224 as a team. With runners in scoring position during that time, 166. This was a team at one point that was hitting oh. 330 with runners in scoring position. Now, that was an unsustainable number, but that's how hot they were at the very beginning uh, of the year. 3.7 runs per game uh, during that time, during the stretch that I'm talking about. The overall ERA, 6.35 over their last 19 games. But the starters at 5.5, and the starters have all of a sudden hit a little bit of a bump in the road. The relievers, 7.24. Yeah, that's a brutal number for their last 19 games. So that has been a huge problem for them. Max Scherzer uh, did not have a great one against the Houston Astros, that big uh, pitching matchup that we had built between him and Justin Verlander on Wednesday. Unfortunately, Max only lasted uh, three innings. That offense just on fire uh, right now. And so they're making some adjustments here. They brought back Nate Evaldi. He did not go on a rehab assignment, right? He started the game through 35 pitches, which was the max for him. He'll stay in the rotation. They'll try to get back on track. They have the Oakland A's. Coming in this weekend, there's certainly no gimme. Uh, we know with them at this point uh, in the season, a couple of new faces and a couple of young hitters that are starting um, to make some noise uh, for the Oakland A's. And so that's going to be really important. They do it to some degree, Spilly, have control of this in the sense that they're not going to be relying on other teams, at least as it stands right now. Four against the Blue Jays next week. Uh, that is the team that they're in a battle for the last wild card spot. They got to take a minimum of two and really probably three out of four. And then it's seven out of their last 10 games against the Seattle Mariners, right? So they'll have the opportunity at least head to head. Doesn't matter if you're not playing good baseball and you don't get your act together, uh, but at least they have a chance there. Um, from that standpoint, the one I don't know, I want to call it a silver lining or at least exciting piece of news that comes along with. 
the Garcia injury is that Evan Carter, who MLB pipeline, I think midseason had him ninth overall uh, best prospect in baseball is getting the call. What's interesting about this for Evan Carter is they probably didn't think it was going to happen this fast. He just turned 21 uh, 10 days ago. Uh, he was their yeah. second round pick in that uh, shortened 2020 draft. He will be now the fifth high school player uh, to make it to the big leagues uh, out of that draft. Eight games that was hit Billy uh, in triple A for him. He had been in double A for most of the year. Total combined games, 108 um, decent power, 13 home runs, 288, 863 OPS. Uh, he can run 26 stolen bases uh, for him. Good defender, maybe not a huge power threat, uh, but a guy that a lot of people believed would be in this outfield next year. He now gets the call. Uh, and we'll see. I, I don't think it's fair to put it all on him, especially for a kid who just turned 21. But there is at least a little bit of uh, positive, exciting news here for the Rangers after the Garcia injury. So I, I was I was curious about some of the ages of, of players getting to the big leagues. It feels like guys are getting younger. Right. And it, it is. A, I think it is a good opportunity for uh, a young player. You come in there. Um, you're not supposed to save the season like that's not on him, but you can get this kind of like a jolt of energy for it from a position player standpoint. You know, like there there is something to be said when you do have a young prospect that you can tell he's like, man, that guy can run. He can throw. He can hit. There's some electricity in his bat. It's it's refreshing for it for an older group that's kind of been there all season long. Um, but one of the things I want to point out, I was curious about the amount of players that have made their debut that are 21 years of age or younger in the last five seasons. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause it felt, it felt like there there's quite a bit, you know, it feels like there's, there's a lot more uh, right now than, than, than I'm accustomed to. In 2019, there were 16 players that made their debuts 21 or younger. You know, Juan Soto was in that group. Uh, 2020, 16, uh, 2021, there's 10 as a little bit of a different circumstance, 12 last year. And then, uh, now with Evan coming up, there'll be 15 in 2023. Does that feel like a lot? Because I do look at the average age of players to make their major league, league debut in the last five seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, the average age of a debut is 25 years years of age, 25 years and 31 days. Uh, I think part of that's skewed because you do have guys like Kudai Senga, um, some you know guys coming from, from overseas uh, making their debuts in 2019 and 20. Uh, those two seasons, the average age was was below 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does feel like baseball is getting younger, um, but some of the data is also suggesting it's it's right about kind of where we expected. 24, 25 is usually where you make your debut. Yeah, and I think we push it a little bit more now, right? And I know you've talked about it. We've talked about it um, as well. And the idea of getting some of these younger players to the big leagues, if you feel like they're ready, we know certainly that the uh, Angels have participated in this uh, in a pretty pretty big way um, and some of the things that they have done to push guys along, including uh, Nolan Shanowell, who was drafted this year uh, by the uh, Angels and what they did with Zach Neto uh, as well and pushing guys along pretty quickly. But yeah, it seems a little bit early, but there are a select few, I think, that are probably built um, to do it. And you mentioned the guys and and Evan Carter will be number uh, 16 um, coming up now this year. Uh, we saw Jason Dominguez. Seems like he's off to a pretty nice start with the New York Yankees. And we just saw Jordan Lawler, uh, which was a big deal for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You and I talked about it on Loud Outs, our show, 2 to 5 Eastern time on MLB Network Radio, Sirius XM, uh, Channel 89. And that was the fact that they let Nick Ahmed go, who had been there for 10 years. And they bring in now Jordan Lawler, uh, number one pick 
sixth overall back in 2021 out of this area here uh, in uh, in the Dallas suburbs, Jesuit uh, college prep that he went to uh, in Dallas. But uh, a big time uh, prospect uh, gets his opportunity uh, now, Spilly, uh, one game into this thing. He got his first hit. Did you see his first hit? Yeah, infield I mean, single. He looked, like Trey, he looked like Trey Turner running that down. Should the first that should have been a routine ground out. He was up over 30 feet per second, and the throw was, you know, was a, and Bellinger dropped it at first. He probably should have picked it. It was an easy pick, a long pick, but either way, he beat it out anyway for his first big league hit. Um, but you're right. We're seeing the younger players, and now Jordan Lawler uh, gets his opportunity with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I think it's exciting for the Diamondbacks. Also, it, it, it inches them closer. They're back in that wild card spot uh, with the defeat of, of the Chicago Cubs. Diamondbacks are on the road. Um, Chicago has an interesting uh, next couple of weeks because we, we said, look, the, the Cubs are taking on the Diamondbacks. I think they have uh, they have two more at home and then they face the Diamondbacks again next week. You also have the Rockies coming in. Um, Chicago takes on the Rockies in Colorado and then the Rockies come to Colorado. And, and I've pointed that out. Like the Rockies are not in a good place right now. So especially when they're on the road. So there, there are some chances for the Cubs to like increase their lead. So anyways, I think when it comes to Jordan Lawler, uh, and the diamondbacks, what I'm excited about with the diamondbacks and, and, I think if you watch them, you see how athletic they are. Holy moly. Like they are exceptionally athletic. Even Gabby Moreno, uh, the catcher that the, that the, uh, that the Diamondbacks got when they traded Dalton Varshow, he has been rated really high for some of his defensive metrics and he's doing a pretty good job, uh, you know, hitting the baseball and running. So you have Perdomo who is an all-star. You have Lawler now at the middle um, very athletic. Tom Marte looks fantastic right now. You have Corbin Burns. Thankfully, he was back in the lineup after he got hit by a pitch. They are really, really fun to watch. Uh, and, they, and this was a team that was in first place. How many games did they spend in first place in the, with the Diamondbacks over the course of this year? So, and they went through a stretch where it was miserable. Mm. I mean, they went through a stretch towards the end of July into August where nothing was going their way. Uh, and so now they're back to playing a brand of baseball that looks like Tori Lovello's Diamondback team. Um, there's some pressure that they could put on you. They they have the highest uh, ranked defense in the sport based on fielding percentage. Also, part of it is because they think they they play in a dome uh, and they and they get no bad hops. They were in first place uh, July 9th. They were that was the last day they were in first place. They were 52 and 39. Um, so now they're 73 and 68 They're They're on a little bit of a run and I could see them doing some things. They're on a really long road trip though. So four games against Chicago, four games against the Mets, and then they come home to take on the Cubs, the giants. Then they go on the road again to New York white Sox, and they finish up with the Astros. It's a, that's a bad <laughs> scheduling as far as uh, travel goes for the Diamondbacks, especially when, when, West Coast teams go east towards the end of the season because their their body clocks are all off. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Arizona Diamondbacks somehow sneak in there, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they fall out of it. Um, yeah, it's you know it's it's an interesting schedule that they have. It's also an interesting schedule. You brought up the Cubs; they'll finish their last six: three against the Braves, three against the Brewers, all on the road. 
Um, and so perhaps that uh, makes that uh, National League Central uh, go down to the very wire. We'll see. But the Arizona Diamondbacks going to a young player in Jordan Lawler uh, in the middle of an opportunity to get to the postseason. The Texas Rangers doing the same thing now um, with Evan Carter, a guy who is not uh, so young, but certainly on top of his game. Mookie Betts, one of our favorites in the game and right in the hunt for the National League uh, MVP once again uh, was seen leaving a game yesterday, uh, Spilly on crutches, which always is a little bit concerning. Now, apparently x-rays are negative after a foul ball that had gone off of his leg. And maybe this is just one of those things that uh, Mookie Betts just needed a little bit of help. Didn't want to put too much pressure on it, uh, but you can't help. Um, but be a little bit concerned uh, when you see a Dodger star and the way this Dodger team seems to, I don't want to say falling apart, like they are going to win the division, uh, but literally and now figuratively may be uh, limping their way um, into another division uh, win. Really can't afford to lose Mookie Betts. Freddie Freeman and him combined leading that offense in huge ways. And the rotation has been devastated uh, by some injuries. And so maybe we get a little bit more uh, information today, but initial uh, x-rays negative for Mookie Betts. However, he was seen leaving Lone Depot Park in Miami uh, yesterday on crutches after that foul ball. It was a big win, by the way, for uh, the Dodgers 10 to 1, <coughs> excuse me, final. And we saw Ryan Pepio, who we had a chance to talk to uh, earlier on Loud Outs uh, last week, uh, take a perfect game into the uh, seventh inning, which was pretty special. Yeah, it was pretty special. Watch out for for Miami Marlins ball boys too. Uh, they like to throw balls into the stands when it's in play. I mean, that ball <laughs> was not guy, even close to the foul, Billy. That ball was way fair, and the ball boy just picked it up and caught it, and then threw it in the stands. It was amazing. I would have loved it more. I mean, I'm, I would love it more if one of those ball boys picks it up and then hits the cutoff man and sees like a nice, <laughs> you know, like throws Freddie Freeman out at second base. Could you, oh, or if he threw him out at second, could you imagine he comes? up comes up gunning and fires him out uh yeah. that, and then does the dance that would have been amazing i i would say uh in the case of mookie i went back and watched it was a foul ball in the first inning off braxton garrett garrett throws a lot of pitches in uh mookie fouls it in off that inner portion of of your foot where uh, a lot of those those foot guards don't protect you it's like mm-hmm. it's right off it's almost like the that bone by your your big toe um, it looks like it hit that spot. And then over, over the course of the game, when he was out there, uh, seemed like it swelled up. That happens. Uh, like if, if he didn't come off and, and felt like a, a crack or something like that, and he probably ran uh, a couple times after that. So I'm not worried. That's a break. You already said it's a, the, you know, x-rays are negative. Your feet hurt, you know, this, and when they get swollen, uh, because your, your feet don't get that much blood as far as being able to get all the the soreness and the inflammation out, it takes a little bit more work um, to get, to get that swelling down. So my guess is he's out today against the Washington nationals because the Dodgers begin a series against the nationals. And, you know, they do have an off day coming up next week, but, but my, my assumption, especially with given the Dodgers uh, record, you might be down with, with Mookie Betts for, for two or three days, Mm -hmm. just being precautionary. Makes sense. Like we said, we know they're going to win the division. They need him healthy for uh, the postseason. And I couldn't help but think a little bit about a tweet that we saw four days ago from Andrew McCutcheon that simply said, I'm fine. He quote tweeted himself two days later. Well, no, I'm not. Dang, this sucks. We know that Andrew McCutcheon is out for the year 
uh, unfortunately, with an injury to the Achilles that uh, they thought was not bad. Obviously, this is not the same thing, but you just uh, really hope that you get better positive news here today regarding Mookie Betts. The initial reports, at least, encouraging uh, seeing him leave on uh, crutches. Not so much fun to watch if you are uh, a Dodger fan. So, again, we'll find out uh, probably a little bit more today. We'll hear about it, and hopefully it won't be anything too um, significant. All right, one last piece of news here. We talked about this one on the show as well yesterday. Now there seems to be a little bit uh, of an update. Uh, Steven Strasburg, we know at this point, uh, will not pitch again, physically unable to do so, despite the fact that he still has $115 million in three years remaining on his contract. It had seemed that he and the Washington Nationals came to an agreement that he would essentially retire. It was going to change anything from a contractual uh, standpoint, and they were going to have him in this weekend uh, for kind of an official retirement uh, ceremony and then retire his number next year and everything that Steven Strasburg certainly deserves uh, with the Nationals. They want to celebrate uh, their first overall pick and a guy who's made a huge impact on that organization, including helping them win that 2019 World Series. Well, we found out yesterday that uh, the festivities were canceled, uh, which was a little bit eyebrow raising. And now we see today, and I saw this from uh, Jim Bowden, of course, our very own Jim Bowden, uh, referencing the Washington Nationals owner, Mark Lerner, and President Mike Rizzo offered to pay the full amount of Steven Strasburg's contract, have a retirement ceremony, and then retire his uniform number next year. Stras invited family and friends to Washington, D.C. for the September 9th ceremony. That is uh, was supposed to be uh, tomorrow. Well, now we come uh, to find out that uh, maybe not so much and not so fast here, uh, because apparently uh, Major League Baseball stepped in and talked to uh, the learners and said they felt like it would have been a bad look or set a bad precedent. And so now they have decided um, to uh, change their minds on that one and uh, not going to be the case anymore. Uh, uh, a couple of things about this that makes it fun for me. Uh, number one, I agree. I, I somehow agree with the commissioner's office on this one a little bit, uh, just a little bit, okay. um, because in, in the case of of Strauss, and I said this to you uh, yesterday on our on our show on Loud Outs, I was like, okay, like it's been thirty one innings that Strauss has pitched. He's he's received over a hundred million dollars in some of the cases, like Guildmash. Who, if you if you don't remember that name, Gilmesh was was yeah. one of the better pitchers of baseball in the in the late two thousands, and um, got hurt, had a shoulder issue, and then retired from baseball because he didn't want to go through the entire process to fix his shoulder, mm-hmm. and so he basically left twelve million dollars on the table and walked away. Yeah. Um, I understand like the Washington Nationals are are, and Strauss is not going to walk away from over a hundred what one hundred twenty five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But a lot of times, you know, organizations will uh, stretch that money out or they'll re- they'll redo it or they'll they'll try to figure out a way for uh, the insurance to cover it. And I'm not sure up to date with with the insurance claim. So if if they have the insurance portion figured out, then I don't know why the commissioner's office is stepping in. Uh, but it is wild, right? Like it's wild to think because uh, baseball has guaranteed contracts in comparison to uh, the NFL, which makes our union that much better it's why we love our our players union but in this case where you have a player that has not given you really anything and that's unfortunate right like it'd be nice to have steven strasburg so i'm not i'm not saying anything bad about him i'm just saying like the neck injury ruined his career um but from a from a organization standpoint if if you're in charge of the books if you're 
Mike Rizzo or you're the Washington Nationals and you're like, wait, what? I'm paying $38 million for Strauss for the next couple of years. Can I reallocate that money? Can like, can't there be something to be done here when it's no. an injury like this? And the answer for baseball is no. no. The answer for baseball is no. Uh, it is no. It's All right. You ready for uh, two things here? One, an amazing piece of irony. Today is Gilmesh's birthday. He turns 45 years old. Uh, take that for what it's worth. And maybe potentially, I don't want to say the greatest plot twist, but I mentioned that this was kind of an eyebrow raiser when they canceled it. We'll have your eyebrows raise even a little bit higher here, Spilly. Jim Bowden has deleted that tweet. Bump, bump, bump. Who called him? Who called him and told him to take it down? Bump, 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 bump. I don't know, man, but wow. it is no longer. I sent it to you this morning. Said, "Hey, let's talk about this." I looked at it, and then as I was previewing it in my text messages, I was like, "Oh, there's a couple words cut off. Let me click on it to make sure I see the whole thing." Bump, 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 bump. This tweet no longer exists. Well, I guess we'll well, find yeah, out uh, what's going on here. Yep. Maybe Major League Baseball didn't like it. Perhaps Jim had it wrong. I don't know. Maybe the Nationals asked him uh, to take it down. That is all speculation on our part. We'll see if Jim uh, addresses it somewhere uh, down the line. Spilly, you are in Cincinnati for an Apple game tonight, Apple TV+. Plus. Who are the Reds playing? Reds are playing the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. The team, I knew there was going to be a team in red that would make it to the postseason uh, out of the National League Central, I did not have it as the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, how about it? That's uh, pretty amazing. How about this? So I mentioned Evan Carter is the fifth high school player who's going to make his debut tonight with the uh, Texas Rangers to come out of that 2020 draft. Two of those are going to be in your game tonight. Uh, Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, also high school draft picks. Out of that weird 2020 draft, we only went five rounds. It was difficult to evaluate because all the amateur seasons got cut really short. And so teams were taking some pretty big chances. So far, the best player to come out of that draft is uh, Spencer Strider in the fourth round. Um, still a couple of years to go. We'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, five high school players have already made it out of that 2020 draft. And uh, Spilly will see two of them tonight. I'll see two of them as well. Tyler Soderstrom uh, with the Oakland A's is one of the others. And now uh, Evan Carter. And uh, we talked about Kyle Harrison. He is the fifth. Of course, the left-handed pitcher for the uh, San Francisco Giants. All right, that'll do it for us here on Negative War. Positive vibes, as always. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend. And make sure you catch us on Loud Owls, MLB Network Radio, 2 to 5 Eastern Time, every day.